Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Good morning, good to see you. I'm glad to be back with you. Just my family and I enjoyed some little time away and we're a week and a week or so, and so, but it's good to be back uh, with all of you here this morning. So we kicked off, well, really, we just jumped right back into this year long, and we didn't know what was going to happen when we had this thought, or God really gave us this idea of sowing, uh, sowing into the, the seed of the Word of God, sowing the seed of the Word of God into our, into our hearts, and what that would look like this year in 2020. It's been interesting to say the least, but uh, I think all the way through the process of sowing the seed of the Word of God into our good soil of our heart, really been able to teach us and navigate through these uh, through these uh, interesting, unprecedented times uh, th- this year. And so um, we're talking about, and I can't think of a better thing to talk about uh, in this time of, of where we're sort of at in uh, this year and as we're kind of navigating through uh, this pandemic is um, the idea of kindness and and we're just looking at really the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, what, what should be a reality for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, those of us that call ourselves Christians. These are some things that should be true of us. These are some things that, you know, that we should exude in our lives and demonstrate in our lives. And so that's really be what we've been looking at, Galatians, Paul's teaching and what he says, these are the, the fruits, this is what... This is who Jesus was. This is who you ought to be. This is the, these are the things that ought to be produced in you. And that's not something that you can do. It's not something I can do on my own. But it's, the God, it's God who does the work in and through us that it enables us to be able to do these things, to have love that is unconditional, to, to show, to have the, a joy uh, that is just full of glory, uh, inexpressible, full of glory, a peace you know, in, in our hearts. And so this is what God has called us to do. And so one of those things that Paul says, which should demonstrate how we should be, you know, how we should exhibit ourselves as Christians is, is, is this idea of kindness, kindness. We should be able to be people that are, that are kind. Now, you know, I'm looking around the room and you know, the older we get, um, we sort of find ourselves realizing that things change often. What we, what we, you know, what we did, you know, maybe, you know, 20 years ago, even some of 30 years ago, longer even than that, are just almost at this point in, the, in, in history or at this point in the, in, is are obsolete. Um, for example, you know, remember uh, the, the times when, you know, when we used to look up people's name in a phone book to call them. And they actually had, a, like, in the phone book, they had a, a phone number uh, that was a, a line that was connected into their home. Remember this? You remember uh, it was called a landline? Does anybody still have a landline? Just, just out of curiosity, you still have a landline? Okay, okay. Um, so uh, that was, but that, you, you know that that's really just for right now, like, emergency purposes. You know, you're like, I don't even know why I have it, actually. You're, you're like, I'm not really sure why it's still there. But uh, the point is, is that the older we get, it, the more that we realize that time goes. Remember when you used to print pictures? Remember you used to have a camera and then, the, and then you would take it to like a drugstore and you would actually have printed pictures? Does anybody still do that? Anybody still print pictures? Ron, you're, you're two for two, buddy, man. You're, you're two for two. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Right? Nope, nope. That, that's still, we're still going to CVS and we're getting our pictures printed, right? Um, I love it. So, but the, you just know that nowadays it's like you have it right there on your phone, you know, and you just not really, you know, sometimes you just don't really feel the need to do that. But over time, that's what's happened. Remember, uh, remember when you would go to uh, a, 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 a building. And in, inside of the building, you'd probably go mostly on, on a Friday night, and there would be uh, tapes of movies. You remember this? You remember this time, right? No, some of you younger people are shaped. No, I don't know what this was like. Um, yeah, when I, when I first, you know, got married, um, uh, uh, you know, 17 years ago, uh, today, by the way, today, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was fishing for that. I was trying to figure out how, how do I get there? How do I get to, but I found it, I found it. So uh, when we moved into our first house, there was this, this you know, video store, you know, right walking distance from, from our house, and we would go into this video store, and, and, uh, and you would rent, you would look at, you would walk through down the aisles, and you would look at different movies that you could watch. You, anybody remember, remember this, right, right? And you, and you would go and find that movie that you wanted to watch, you know, and, uh, and you would take it home, and you would pop it in your thing that called a VCR. Remember the VCR? Uh, and you would pop it in your VCR. And so, and you probably know this, anytime, and, and, and I don't know who came up with this slogan, I'm not really sure, but it was on every, it didn't matter what video store you went to, um, it was usually on every single one of your VHS tapes, right? Remember, remember this? Be kind and rewind. Remember this? Remember this? <clears throat> How many of you were, would be kind and rewind? Anybody would, would do that? Okay, good. That's good. That's good. You're like, I'm in church. I better say that I, I did that, right? Because if you didn't, I, I, I know for me, I just, just, just admitting, I, I, I know for me, like I just, I, you had a time where it was supposed to be back. Remember, like you, you could rent it for, you know, 48 hours or whatever, whatever it was, and you knew that it had to be back at a certain time, or if it, and if it wasn't, they were going to charge you an extra day, and so you didn't want to have that extra charge, you know. I, there would be times, I'm just, just kind of just letting you know, there would be times that I would walk in, man, and I would be like, they're like, sir, you owe us $58, you know, it's like, 58, like, yeah, you rented movies, like, from a year ago that, you know, like, so there would be times, like, I, can I just buy the movie at this point, right? And so, you know, you would walk in and say, you, and then you would hand them the tape, and then they would open up the box, right? They would open up the box, and they would know, they, they could see that it wasn't, you know, you didn't rewind it. You weren't kind, and you didn't rewind, right? And then you just kind of get that look, you know, from that, that, that look, you're like, and you just felt like shame. You're like, I know, I just, I tried, I had to get it back. I didn't have time to rewind it. But, you know, that, that oftentimes that, but they just was like, this is just a small act of kindness, right? Like, we just want you to like do us a favor so that we don't have to do that in the store. We just want you to be kind and we want you to rewind, you know. But here's what the, here's the concern. Here's the concern that we have today. Not that in just like these are become almost obsolete, right? Like you, you don't, we, you maybe had some and you're like, I don't even know what to do with these. And so you basically maybe just pitched them. You've probably thrown them away. But what, what the problem is, is just as much as this has become obsolete, the idea of VHS, the idea of be kind and rewind, I'm wondering if in our culture, and it sure, certainly shouldn't be the case in the church and in Christianity. But I'm wondering if just being kind is a lost thing too. 
I'm just wondering, I mean, even 30 years ago, it was a lot easier to find kind people that be able to do a small thing like grab a tape once you rented it and take the time to rewind it so you can bring it back to the video store and they're happy with you because you gave them one less thing to do. But I'm wondering, just like these are becoming obsolete or have become obsolete, I'm wondering if just the idea of just being kind has become obsolete. So George led us in this, brought us back into this idea last week, and he said some things that I think are so important to us in this idea of kindness. And he said, first of all, God delights in it. And I love what he said. He said, that should be enough for us. Like, that should be all we need. That should be all that we, we should be able to end this message right now by just saying, you know what, kindness is something that just God delights in. That God, it just puts a smile on God's face. It's who God is. It's the nature of God. And therefore, that should be enough for us. But he also mentioned this. He said the Spirit is our enabler. So it's not even like we have to try to muster up enough kindness on a day-to-day basis. That we have a helper, according to Jesus. We have a helper, the Spirit of God. God himself inside of us to do a work in us that we couldn't do on our own. And the Spirit of God is our enabler to be able to show kindness, to be kind. But we also know this, and he mentioned this, he says, you know, but it requires action. It's not enough to just say, yeah, I'm a kind person, or, you know, tell everybody that you know that you're a kind person, but it's, it's about, require, it requires action. It requires us to do something. He gave a great definition of kindness. And he, the definition of kindness is, is a genuine compassion and respect for the, human, for the humanity of others created by the Holy Spirit that moves us to act and to speak in ways that build them up and care for them. I mean, that's what kindness is, is really all about. It's a genuine compassion and a respect for, for humans. It, it, you know, God created us. We are created by God. We, the, the Spirit of God enables us to be able to do it, to move and to act and to speak uh, in, in that way that will build them up and care for people. This is, the, this is the definition. This is what God has called us to do. God delights in it. The Spirit of God enables us to be able to do it, but it certainly requires action. It certainly requires us to do it. Proverbs 3, if you brought a Bible, I encourage you to go open up the Proverbs 3. If there's some Bibles around you, I think. No, maybe there isn't because we're in a pandemic, so we we took those out. He says this. He says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Now, this isn't the only time in Scripture. As a matter of fact, there's many times in Scripture where we see these two ideas, kindness and truth, these two words come together. As a matter of fact, Psalm 85, 10 says this. He says, loving kindness, which is the idea of, the, you know, of, of, of kindness, it's, it's, it, you know, love is, is kindness in, is in action. Doing kindness, showing kindness, that's what love is. And so the scripture just calls it loving kindness. And then look what he says, and truth have met together. The, the idea that there's the, the truth, there's absolute truth. There's not relative truth. There's not truth to what your truth is. There's, there's absolute truth. And truth and kindness have met together. 
And we ought to be happy that truth and kindness met together. Because look what it says in Proverbs 16, 6. He says, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. So that's good news for us, right? We're happy that when kindness and truth met. We're happy about that. Why? Because it atoned for our iniquity. It atoned for our sin. It could have been truth and judgment met, and therefore you and I would be in big trouble. You and I should be really pumped that instead of truth and judgment met, we should be pumped that truth and kindness met. Because truth and kindness offers forgiveness. Truth and kindness offers atonement, a payment made for your sin and for mine. Aren't we glad that kindness and truth met and therefore paid the atonement, paid the debt for our sins? I hope that you are. So here's what, and here's what Psalm 25 says about it. He says, all the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth. So if you're wondering where God is or what God is doing or where God wants you to go and what direction God wants you to have, if you're wondering what path is it, what is God's will for my life, where, at, where, at what point should I surrender and submit my life to God's life, and then where does that path lead me? According to the psalmist, it says it should lead all the paths of the Lord, our loving kindness and truth. Loving kindness and truth. And then it says this, to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. He says, those of you that want to honor God in your life, want to keep, you know, the promises of God, the covenant of God, the plan of God, the will of God, those of you that want to stay and know what God has for you because there is truth, but in that truth there is kindness, and we're, we're so glad that kindness and truth came together because it atoned for our sin. But in that journey, in that journey, what it should look like for those of us that are in the will of God, in the plan of God, in that journey, should be kindness and truth in that journey. And when you have that, you're going to keep his covenant and you're going to keep his testimonies. This is what it looks like. So let's go back to Proverbs 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. So here's the, 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 the urge of, 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 of Solomon who, who wrote this to his, his, his children. He said, listen, do not let kindness and truth leave you. In other words, it can. In other words, if we're not careful, it will. In other words, if we're not, you know, a, a, a connected to the, the purposes of God and the will of God, if we're not allowing ourselves to, to, to be in the, the, what, what God has for us in the word of God and his covenant and in his testimonies, if, if, we're, not, if we're not desiring to, to allow the spirit of God to, to mature us and to allow us to grow you know, in him, then it will, it will leave us. And it will be like those VHS tapes that say on them, be kind, rewind. And it will be obsolete in our life. So we need to be careful that we do not let kindness and truth leave us. Well, what are some reasons or what are some things that would, would cause why kindness and truth 
would leave you. And I, and I just want to come around, come back around to some of the things that George said last week about kindness. And that he called them impediments, you know, uh, the impediments of kindness. And I want to come back around because I think, you know, when repetition, it helps us to be reminded of, of, of some things about how kindness and how truth won't leave us. And so one of the things is it requires repetition. Why kindness and truth leaves us? Well, it's because we don't, we don't, you know, do it enough. We don't do it enough. Kindness is, is an action. It re, like George said, it requires action. It, it, it requires repetition. We got to do it. We got to do it more. It's like a muscle that you build. You got to keep building, keep working. If you want to have stronger muscles, you got to keep doing it. It's, it's about repetition. That's what kindness. And if we don't put in the reps, if we don't put in the reps, then kindness and truth will leave us. Another one is slaving schedules. Slaving schedules. Why kindness and truth oftentimes leave people is because they're too busy to exhibit kindness. They don't create, we don't create enough margin in our life, enough space in our life to exhibit kindness. We're too busy. We don't have time to help somebody out. We don't have time to, you know, do things for people that need people, need things done last minute. You know, they text you, they call you, hey, can I, can you help me with, you know, and you're like, ah, I can't. I just didn't, I, my, I'm too busy. And every single day we fill up our schedules and we're enslaved to our schedules and we don't leave any margin for kindness. We just don't leave. We, we want to help. We want to exhibit kindness, but we just haven't created the space to do that. And Jesus would always create the space to show kindness. Jesus always left margin in his day to say, hey, God, whenever you want me to exhibit kindness, I'm available. I'm ready to do that. Another way that reason why kindness and truth leave us is because of our comparison complex. We live in a culture, especially, again, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm an advocate for social media, but some, sometimes with social media, we look at people's pictures, we look at people, what people were, have done or did or doing, and we like, well, you know, we, we become jealous. And here's the thing, it's hard to be kind to the people that we're jealous of. It's hard to be kind to the people that we're jealous of, that we're envious of. Oh, how do they get that? How do they get to do that? Why do they get to be that? All of these things that we look at because we see people and we see their profiles and we see their pictures and we see the things that they're doing. And, and it's hard to be kind to the people that we're jealous of. And we have a comparison complex. We think that we deserve what they get, have or we deserve to do what they have done and it's created this, in this culture, a terrible thing called comparison complex. Another reason why kindness and truth will leave us is that we're seen as soft. Maybe this is maybe more directed towards men in the room. Maybe men, leaders, businessmen, people that are, you know, you know in, in leadership in, in, the, in the corporate world, in the business world, is you're seen, you know, like, I don't want to, you know, be kind. I don't want to do for somebody else because that's, I'm, I don't want to be seen as somebody that's soft. It, may, it will make me look weak. 
If I show kindness, if I do for somebody else, it would make me look weak. And another one is faulty fear. Faulty fear. You know, we're, we're afraid of the dangers of me being kind and helping somebody else. You know, George talked about this. He talked about the idea of being worried about or fearful of, you know, getting messy, getting your hands dirty with people, you know, that are, that are different than us, that, you know, live in a, in, a, in a kind of geographical location that is, you know, we're, we deem as a little unsafe. And so we're afraid of, of those things. We're afraid of, you know, of people like, you know, not rejection. We're afraid of people not reciprocating, you know, our, our kindness and not taking it the right way. And so we have these, these faulty fears. And the last one, I think the reason why kindness and truth leave us is because we have these preconceived prejudices. We're prejudiced. We're, we, you know, be, like again, because of maybe race or because of way that people, ha, you know, views their political views, their, their, you know, their geographical location and, you know, how, how, they, how they dress. And we, we have these preconceived prejudices that, that allow us to stop being kind to people. And these are the reasons why kindness and truth leave us. And there's probably a, 10 more that I could put on there. But I think these are some of the big ones that I think that we all need to be reminded of. And if we're, if we're not careful, kindness and truth will leave you. He says, go back to the verse, do not, do not let kindness and truth leave you. And then look what he says that we should do. Bind them around your neck. Bind them around your neck. So here, the, here the, the Solomon is going, let me give you some help. Let me help you so that you don't get caught up in and so that kindness doesn't become obsolete in you. So that you don't become like one of those VHS tapes. Like, how, let me help you so that you don't have kindness and truth leave you because kindness and truth are important to God. They're, they, they matter to God and it keeps you in the will of God and in the plan of God and in the path that God has for you. Because all the paths of God are loving kindness and truth. So how do we stay on that path? Well, he says, listen, you need to bind them around your neck. Bind them around your neck. Now, in that culture, it meant a few different things. Okay? It meant a few different things. He says, it's like, I want you to view... I want you to view kindness as like a medal. And they wore it for, uh, they wore something like this for different reasons. And, and, and one of the reasons was, was this. It was a, according to, to their culture, it was a, a winning reward. It was a winning reward. Now, these are, you know, medals that I, you know, took from my kids. And um, there's a couple first places in here, just a couple. Um, a lot of second places, um, but really um, most of them are just because they participated. Now you, you, I think you know my position on the participation medal. I think I've exhibited that enough. But in this case, in this case, I'm actually going to be an advocate for it. In the idea of, in the, in the world of, when he says, I want, you to, I want you to bind them around your neck. 
He's, in other words, he's saying it's like, it's like a, a, a winning reward. And, and how you win, how you win in life and how you win in the in God economy and how you stay on God's path is, is by participating in kindness. It's participating. It's saying, I'm going to do for others. I'm going to create margin in my life. I'm not going to be jealous of people. I'm just going to be happy for people. And I'm going to exhibit kindness to people. I'm not going to see it as soft. I'm just going to see it as what I'm supposed to be as a Jesus follower. That's what I'm going to do. And so to help me so that kindness and truth doesn't leave me and I'm off the path of God, I'm just going to be the person that is just going to exhibit kindness. And every time I exhibit kindness, it's like a winning reward. But it doesn't mean that I have to be the best at it. It just means I just have to participate in it. I'm just going to participate I'm just going to be somebody that is just going to exhibit kindness regardless of what they look like, how they dress, what they wear, how they treat somebody else. I'm just going to show kindness to everybody because all the paths of God are kindness and truth. And kindness and truth came together for you and for me. And I'm going to bring kindness and truth to people in my life. And, I, and help me so that it doesn't leave me. I'm going to bind it around my neck. And how I get one of these is the way that I, my kids got one of these. They simply participated. Church, I want you to have a spiritual one of these. And you'll never hear me say this, but all we just want you to do and when it comes to the world of kindness and the path of God is simply participate. You don't need to be best. You don't need to be first. You don't need to be the one that does it as better than anybody else. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know, I sound like a hypocrite. We just want you, more importantly, more importantly, God just wants you to participate in kindness. And to wear it. Hey, wow, look at you. Look, what did you do? I just participated. I mean, were you like the best at whatever that you got that? No, no, I was just on the team. Like, I was just on the team. Like, well, I don't know where you were, but you weren't on a team. I don't know where you were. You're out in the bleachers somewhere. You maybe weren't even in the building. But I got news for you, man. You get a kindness medal because by just participating, and that's good enough for God. That's good enough for God. Just, I'm just on the team, and I participated. I'm not the best. I wasn't first. As a matter of fact, I just sat the bench the whole year. But I got to practice. And I got a kindness medal. And that's good enough for God. You know what else it was, was for them in that culture? It was a worthy reminder. 
It was a worthy reminder. It was, they, they put it on their neck, and it was a reminder to them of the value and the worth of it. It's like, it's like why you married couples wear a wedding ring, right? It's a, it's a symbol of a reminder of the promise that you made with someone. It's a reminder of the fact that you have an unconditional love for one another. It's unending, just like a ring. It's an unending circle that represents that love that you have for that other person. And that's what they would wear about. They would, they would put these, just these beautiful pieces of jewelry around their neck. It was a worthy reminder of who they belonged to, whose they were. And for us, it's, it should be a reminder for us, like, yes, I'm, I belong to, to God, and because it was because of his kindness, and it's because of truth that came together, and it atoned for my sins. And he says, I want you to take that, and I want that to be a worthy reminder for you. That you're to show kindness in truth to every single person because that's what Jesus did for us. So they would wear their necklaces, first of all, as a a gift or a reward, but they would also wear it as a reminder, just like we wear Wedding rings as a reminder. But you know it had a third meaning too? It had a third meaning. So he's saying, listen, bind it, kindness and truth around your neck. Bind it around your neck. Participate. And how you get one is you, you participate. It's action. requires action. It requires repetition. And... It's a reminder. It helps you remember, wait a minute, I was shown kindness. Therefore, I'm going to show kindness to others. But the third thing is, you know what it was? It was a weighty rock. It was a weighty rock. Now, here's what that does for us. And this is so important when we talk about kindness. It was weighty enough to where they could feel the weight of it pulling them down. It was weighty enough for them to have to have a little bit of effort to keep straight, but yet the weight of it kept pulling them down. And it was a symbol of humility. It was a symbol of of bowing lowering your head to of of humility that's what it was a picture of it was this weightiness to it and listen kindness and truth are weighty they carry so much weight when we exhibit it when we demonstrate it when we participate in it it is weighty it carries a lot of weight but in order for you to have do it you're going to have to exhibit Humility, that just like these medals, and the more you participate, the more medal you get, 
But the more weighty it is, and the more humble it should make you. You see it? That's the picture. These are the pictures. It's a winning reward. It's a winning reward, and you need to view it that way. You're winning in life. If you show kindness, you're winning in life. And you're on the path that God has for you. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. Oh, yeah, God's kindness. It's the kindness of God, the, the scripture says. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are reminded of the loving kindness of God. Loving kindness and truth came together. And they atoned for your sins. And you're forgiven and set free because of it. And as a result of it, you ought to bear that weight. And to demonstrate that to people. And that ought to humble you that ought to humble us humble us so he says back to proverbs 3 do not let kindness and truth leave you bind them around your neck but look what else he says he says write them on the tablet of your heart he says hey listen listen how this is so important. You need to not only bind them around your neck, but you also need to write them on the tablet of your heart. So thank goodness the Apostle Paul taught us about the importance of this. The Apostle Paul was writing this second letter to this church in Corinth, and he said, Listen, this is so imperative to your walk. And you being on the path of God. This is so important. So important. Look what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3. He says, you are our letter. Written in our hearts. Known and read by all men. He says, verse 3. Being manifested that you are a letter of Christ. Cared for by us. Written not with ink. But with the spirit of the living God. Not on the tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Paul's like, listen, listen, listen. He's saying, you are like a letter that I write. So Paul's like, I'm writing, and this is my second letter that I'm writing to you. And it's a way of encouragement. It's a way of reminder of who you are, your identity in Christ. It reminds you that you were, your sins were atoned for. It reminds you that you are sons and daughters of God. It reminds you of a hope that you can have in Christ. It reminds you that you're no longer dead in your sins, that you are brought back to life again. It reminds you that God wants to change you from the inside out that he's got a plan and he's got a purpose for your life. It reminds you that you are a hope that for this world, that you have the hope of Jesus for a dying world that needs the hope of Jesus. This is what the letter is. And Paul's saying, you are like that letter. That it's not written by ink on a tablet. But this letter was written by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the living God, he says, on the tablets of our hearts. 
on the tablets of our hearts. So what he's saying is, is this. When we, this is so important, when we show kindness, you're like a book of the Bible that people can read. When we, when we manifested, our, you know, kindness, when we demonstrate kindness and truth to people in your life, you are a letter that reads, they have value, they have worth, God loves you, he forgives you, he's got a changed life in mind for you, and a hope secure like an anchor. This is what God wants to write. This is what God, this is what the psalmist or the, the Solomon is saying. He's saying, listen, not only bind it around your neck, but he says, write it on your heart. And when it's written on your heart, you're a letter. You're a letter to people. When you show kindness, people look at you and go, wow, I, I've never even opened up the Bible. I never read one passage of the Bible. I, knew, I know a couple verses. Like I know John 3.16, and I think I know some of the Lord's Prayer, and I think I know a verse or two in Psalm 23. But when they see your kindness, you are a letter. You're a letter. When they see you, you don't need to quote anything. You don't need to know any verses all you need to do is show kindness and Paul's like that's a letter of Christ that's a letter of Christ and it's the spirit who's writing that letter on your heart and you're publishing that letter of kindness and truth to a world that needs to see it and to read it what they should read from you is not condemnation, is not shame, is not judgment, is not guilt. What they should read, what the world should read from you and I is simply kindness. That's what they should read. If they're getting a read on you, have you ever heard that phrase? I'm getting, I'm getting a read on. I'm getting a read on, on them, right? I'm getting a read on them. It means you're just you're kind of assessing somebody, you know, before you actually have a conversation. I'm just getting a read on them. Listen, what they should get a read on you, and the read should be kindness and truth, because you already wrote it. It's already permanent. On your heart. Because it's what you are. And Paul's like, he's like, look what he says. He's at verse 4. He says, such confidence we have through Christ towards God. He's like, it's not like we're anything important. It's just that he's important. And he's the one that gives us the confidence. In verse 5, he says this. He says, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. But our adequacy is from God. He says, remember... The Spirit of God is our enabler. The Spirit of God is, what, is what's, what's going to do this through you. You're not adequate to be able to do this on your own. You and I need God. He says in verse 6, 
who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Not of the letters, but of the Spirit, for the letters kill, but the Spirit gives life. He's like, we're in a, we're in a new covenant. We're in a, we're in a permanent covenant. We're in an eternal covenant, not in a temporary covenant. He says, now we're in a new covenant, and the letter from the old covenant, that brought death. That's what the old covenant brought. That's the old covenant reminded people of, of how they fall short of God, where they fail, because God draws the line in the sand. He says, but the spirit, which is the new covenant, that's what gives life. And he says, we're servants. We're servants of a new covenant. And he even elaborates even further on this. This is so important for us to remember. Verse 7. But if the, if the ministry of death, but if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his, of his face fading as it, as it was, verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? In other words, here's what he's saying. He, he's reminding God's people of a story that happened when Moses came down from Sinai with the Ten Commandments. And when he came down from Sinai with the Ten Commandments written on the tablet of stone, his face was shining with the glory of God. And it, and it terrified God's people to they were running away from Moses, though his face was shining from the glory of God as he's bringing the Ten Commandments down to read to the people. And Moses had to put a veil over his face to cover the shining of the glory of God. This is what Paul's talking about. He's saying, how much more glory... How much more glory that we exhibit, that we shine, that we show of a message that doesn't bring death, but a message that brings life. Brings life. This is what our message is. Our message is this. We are servants of a new covenant. And the new covenant is simply this. That we have an opportunity to show kindness. That's what Jesus did. That's how we love one another. As Jesus loved us. By simply showing kindness. This is the message. Neva, can you skip to the next Proverbs 3 for me? He says this, so you will find favor, look look what he says as a result of this. When we bind it around our neck, and when we write it on the tablets of our hearts, and therefore we become a letter that people read, and what they read from you is they read kindness. Look what he says, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and others and man. This is what he's called us. He said, listen, listen, you want to have, you want to find favor with God? You want to have a good reputation with God and with man? Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Don't let kindness and truth leave you. And in order for it to not leave you, you need to bind it around your neck. 
because it's, it's, a, it's a way of showing that you're winning, that you're on the plan of God. It's a way of showing that there's weight to it because kindness and truth have weight to it, which, which humbles us. And when we write it on the hearts, when we write it on the tablets of our hearts, we are a letter that people read and go, that's what I want to. And the only reason we have it is according to Paul is because of who Jesus is. And the only reason why we're adequate is because of who Jesus is. And we'll find favor. Don't you want that, church? Come on. Don't we want that? We'll find favor with God and with others. I can't think of a better thing to have. Favor with God a good reputation with God, a good reputation with others. Why? Because the, they see something that's bound around your neck and it's a bunch of medals of kindness. And how you get them, you just participate in it. You just participate. And what people read from you, the, get, the read that they get on you without even having a conversation, that person is just kind. They're just kind. I hope that's what we want. Father, we all want your favor. We all want to have a good reputation in your sight. And you tell us that the way that we can have that is by just not allowing kindness and truth to leave us. And how we not let it leave us is that we just bind it around our neck like a, like a medal. And every time that we do show kindness and participate in kindness, we get a medal. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder to us. It's a reminder to, to others that you, you atoned and you brought, showed kindness to us. And that's what led us to repentance is because you showed kindness to us. And truth and kindness met together. And it atoned for our iniquities. And, 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 as, and that's a re reminder to us that we just keep it around our neck like a, like a ring that we wear. And it's weighty. The more we do it, it's, the weightier it gets. But yet it keeps us humble. It keeps us bowed keeps our knees to the floor because it just helps us to know that we're not anything significant or important, that the only reason why we're adequate is because of you. It's because of you. And we've written it on our hearts because some people that we come across will never open a Bible. They'll never read 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians Corinthians or Galatians or Ephesians or Philippians, but they might read the letter of our name. And I pray, God, that when they read the letter of insert our name, that they'll see your kindness. They'll see your kindness all throughout. I pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen.